1: Welcome back everyone to Ready, Set, Go! Real Estate Investing Podcast. My name is Brandon Elliott. I'm your host. And today we have a guest on from Florida. started in 2016, doing about six deals per month right now, wholesaling in the Orlando, Florida area, and has a unique spin towards wholesaling where he's got this triple offer wholesaling method that really leaves no deals behind, right? It leaves no opportunities that like really slip through the crack. And he's got this unique calculator, unique formula and methods to be able to just take down more territory. So I'm really excited to be able to hear this. I've never heard this method before, but I, I understand the concept of it. So I'm really excited to be able to pull this apart. But David, what is happening, my friend? How are you today? Hey, it is a beautiful day here in the Sunshine State. Orlando in like a next month
0: or two is going to be supremely hot. So right now yeah. we are in the 80s and we're
1: loving it. Love it. Cool, man. So anybody out there that doesn't know who you are, where you're from, what you're up to, do you mind just giving that 30,000 foot view? Absolutely. Yeah. So
0: as Brandon mentioned, my name's David Pupo. I'm based here in Orlando, Florida, originally from South Florida and moved up here to go to UCF, No nights, So we stayed up here after I met my now wife, but girlfriend at the time in college. We both loved the community that Orlando provided. So we stayed here after and we've been able to build a great community. We've been able to really sink some deep roots here in Orlando. So it's been a really great experience to live here so far. Coming out of college from UCF, I had my first ever corporate gig. And I could tell you that I realized very quickly I was making a lot of money for a lot of people. And I was the one that was burning the candle at both ends. I would be exhausted. So I used to do corporate recruiting and I used to find engineers here or in nationwide for some of the defensive contractors that are here in Orlando or out to the Space Coast, which is like Brevard County, of course, where NASA and all the launches happen with SpaceX and whatnot so i was finding all these engineers and like it was really cool to listen to a lot of their projects but at the end of the day i'm working 60 hours i was barely cutting out at like eighty thousand dollars right and i had that epiphany i was just tired of being tired there's no other way of really putting it and i've had family members that were in real estate and for some reason or another, it wasn't quite something that I grasped, right? Like maybe like some of them were in the mortgage world, or my aunt was a really good agent. My mom owned a title company. And so there was a lot of aspects, and I, I didn't like really too many of those. And suddenly among bigger pockets, I found it through just, you know, just going through podcasts. And suddenly bigger pockets comes on, and I start learning about this word called wholesaling, right? And at that time, I'm just coming out of college, just within that corporate gig within about two years. So, got a lot of student debt, got not a whole bunch of bills to pay, but just working myself just to the bone. Right. And I just became consumed by consumed gym time, travel time, any kind of downtime. I'm listening. I'm listening. I love the real estate investment world. And I'm just, I'm just. Digesting it so much. And so at a certain point, my girlfriend now, wife, I told her, I was like, I think I'm going to quit the job and I want to jump into real estate. And I said, I'm going to give it three months. And if I have three months of expenses saved up, at the end of the three months, we don't be able to do it. It's cool. Don't worry. I'll find another job. Because three months on a, on a resume isn't really too, too bad of like a gap, right? And I was, you know thinking if not i'll I'll be able to make this right through, and so that was twenty
1: sixteen, and here we are in twenty twenty three and it's been amazing. I haven't updated my resume since then, yeah, I love that you know it's really cool as you're coming from corporate America to where you're at today, and like you said, like you found that one thing that you just fell in love with that gravitated you towards it even more and more and and it just starts making you aligned. That was exactly the same type of feeling that I had when I found, and very similar to you, I found bigger pockets. I I was Mm -hmm. reading some books, Rich Dad, Poor Dad, like all the books, podcasts like this and YouTube. And then I found bigger pockets and I fell in love with the BRRRR strategy, right? It just made so much sense to me having little to no money into it, keeping it and getting that passive income, tax benefits, appreciation, all the above, right? And it was the first time in my life that I was like, hey, I like this education thing. Because before that, I was like, hey, education is like, oh, it's so annoying. I never wanted to pick up a book. And this was the one thing that it really started pulling me closer and closer towards it. So I think anybody out there that hasn't found that one thing yet, it's very, very important to try out a bunch of different things to really... 100%. Yeah. Get out there, dip your toes in everything so that you can find that one thing that really starts gravitating your heart and pulling it closer and closer so that you feel aligned with your purpose. So you found your niche. There wasn't anything like you had other family members doing real estate, but they weren't on the investment side. Was there anybody actually doing investments that you got mentored from or anything like that? So I actually joined a
0: wholesaling brokerage here here in Orlando. So those people are still my mentors today, the managers there, some of the guys who were in acquisitions and dispositions. And then I went to the local RIAs, and that's where I also found a lot of mentors. I feel truly blessed. I can never say that this journey has been by itself. I've had so many people help me along the way, and you hit it on the head when it comes to finding your passion. I had four internships during college. And even with going into real estate, I even got out of the the wholesaling brokerage thing for a bit. because I was like, you know what, maybe I will taste a little bit of that retail world and just tried it out for a year and a half. I was working with builders and I was just working on infill lots in some of the nicer areas here in Orlando. And like, I was like, you know what? These are not my people. I don't like having these conversations. I like talking numbers. I like being able to really feel like I'm solving a problem. And sometimes with that world, I
1: wasn't really solving a problem as opposed to a want. And that was fine. Yeah. How many people are on the team right now? So what does that our team of? is
0: really... The, the team is comprised of a lot of virtual, right? So we are going to be going back in, into actually an in-house team soon. But right now we have two lead managers. We have six cold callers. We have two disposition people. We have a transaction coordinator and a data manager.
1: Okay. And so how many is that in total?
0: Two, two... Six. And then of course, the cold calling company. So that would be total of 12.
1: And then resources like tech and platform or call center, who, who are you using for all the different resources? So anybody that's looking to start their business and, and at least get up to speed on tech related things that they need to be able to run this business, what does that look like for you guys?
0: Yeah, because the coaching program that I have is all about that, right? How do we get you ramped up really quickly? When it comes to the cold calling, it's going to take a little bit of time. So what I always like to mention to people is, do you have time that you can exhaust or do you have money that you can exhaust, right? It's very critical to be able to understand that if you don't have the money, you got to go out and use that time, right? You're going to be the cold caller yourself. You're going to be the one that's going to do the driving for dollars. Maybe you're even licking the back of the envelopes for any kind of direct mail that you're doing, or you're the one going to door knock, right? Right. On the yeah, other well, side that's,
1: now, that, that's mm-hmm. very typical in life in general, because when it comes right. down to usually people that have no money have all the time in, in the world. And then eventually mm-hmm. when you start making a bunch of money, then you have very little time left. So the whole goal right. is to you know get that seesaw to a point where you can start buying back your time and pay for the mentorship, pay for the resources to be able to outsource things and get things done to be able to save your time. Right. Absolutely, yeah. It's it's all about what can you leverage. Yep. Yeah. So let's just say they do have the money because at the end of the day, if they're watching us so with anything that we have going on, we teach people how to get a ton of funding at zero percent interest every six months, up to five hundred thousand dollars. So if That's they awesome. do that, then you know how how much does somebody really need to be able to get the business started, and what are all those resources look like?
0: Right. So. I'd say
1: you'd want to be at least
0: between three dollars and $5,000 uh, and being sure. able to commit to software and thinking about marketing. That would be a really critical one. When it comes to like cold calling, you can think about one caller is going to be roughly about a thousand bucks a month, right? So if you want four callers, that in my world, we use a third party called Call Geeks right now, and yeah. they average per caller about two leads a day. So obviously, really easy to understand per week each cold caller is going to roughly have about 10 leads right so then i've been able to really understand how do i expand it how do i contract it right if if my team is highly converting really really well i'm gonna be okay let's go from six let's go to eight how are we doing at eight do we get stress test okay at eight let's go up to ten how are we doing at ten all right stress test hit let's retract that back we couldn't handle 100 leads we could handle 80 leads or we can handle 60 40 would do pretty well with, right? Maybe that's on a little bit more niche list. So when it comes to marketing, understanding those KPIs, those key performance indicators is so critical on how you direct and pivot that marketing.
1: Sure. So with the KPIs, what software are you using for your CRM?
0: We use Salesforce. So we have like... It's a platform within Salesforce called LeftMain. So I would say that if you're a more of an advanced... Real estate investor, like making over 500,000 for the year, this would probably be a really good platform for you to switch to. But if you're just beginning, I think it'd be very
1: overwhelming in the, in the beginning. What platform would you recommend somebody just getting started out?
0: So I recommend two. So there's one that's just as
1: simple as it could possibly be. It's just
0: called Less Annoying CRM. That's one. It's like 10 bucks a month per user. So it's really easy. And then there's another one that is like Go High Level. Go High Level is I wouldn't quite call it the most like beginner, but maybe you've been doing this now for about six months.
1: Yeah. Yeah. We use GoHighLevel for our credit business as well for education. Mm-hmm. And it's very customizable. It, I don't know. Very. Like, it has a lot of issues is what I would say, but all CRMs are going to have some tech issues. So having a good operations person or just knowing it yourself is very crucial to make sure that yeah. you can keep a strong eye on all those things, moving pieces.
0: Yeah. And with the left main package that we have within Salesforce, they give you like a 24 hour support line. So that is very critical because, yeah, you're right. There will be bugs, there will be things that crash, or there's just certain things that I'm, I'll call myself a somewhat tech savvy person, but I'm not going to be the person that knows where to go with the back doors or yeah. what happens behind it. I, I'm going to be like, all right, guys, you, you take the wheel. Let me know how it goes.
1: Yeah. So, what other, um- software or tech related stuff would somebody need or or that you are using currently right now in your business
0: right so with left main we also use a different app within there it's called sms 360 so that's our our voice over internet phone and texting platform within the left main package that we have so that's one that we use all day every day it's a very critical one that we use I know that there's plenty of other ones. Like if you're really starting out, a really good one is CallRail. That's a really good one to be able to start out because you get to audit phone calls really well within that too. And that quality assurance of your people is really critical in the beginning. I would say that if you have like time to do the driving for dollars, Deal Machine has been one that I've made a lot of money on. Dave Leco, the guy who's the owner of it. When in the beginning stages, I give them a lot of feedback and we were able to do some really good critiques to it. And it's a damn good little software to be able to not only find the property, you can also skip trace through it if you want. And also you can get like a direct mail campaign set up for these people. So it's a really good
1: driving for dollars app. Yeah. David is a good friend of ours as well. And Mm -hmm. yeah, it's a great platform that he created. So very smart guy. Cool. So, you know, You have a nice team in place right now, and just like you mentioned, it's like it's very important to focus on the KPIs so that you know what that funnel looks like from beginning to end, and where you can push it, ramp it up, grow it a little bit. And if not, you know you can feel that stress test, and and when the numbers start bringing down the performance, then instead of pushing that these certain people to the limit, you can stay right below that, and then just hire on more people next to them to keep growing it and and. And have something to kind of fall in line with those same guidelines. Where are you getting leads from your list of properties that uh, yeah. you're going after?
0: Yeah, and let me jump back into that too, Brandon, with the KPIs. It's, it, what I think about it too is like being a mechanic underneath and looking at an engine. If something goes wrong, KPIs are usually the indicators that can tell you if something's going on within it, right? What's going on underneath the hood? Because January and February, we were at six and seven uh, contracts. And then in March, we dipped down to three. And I was wondering what happened in March, right? So, you know, I can be able to do with my KPIs and all my data, I'm able to do like quick little audits, right? Is it the list that we pulled? Is it the skip tracing quality? Is it the, the cold calling quality? Is it the lead manager conversations? Is it the closer, which is me? Like maybe I didn't have enough time. Maybe I didn't Quite assess maybe this person right, right. So it was able to really get me in that March. I was like, okay. So when I looked at it, the data that I pulled wasn't the best one. And we typically use we use batch leads. And just like anything else, it's marketing, right? Sometimes it's going to be the easiest road, and sometimes something's going to go wrong, and then you're going to have to assess it and and make some adjustments to it. But a majority of our lists are pulled through batch leads.
1: And then what are you targeting? Like what kind of right, demographic?
0: So yeah, we, we pull multiple layers, not only, but like, let's say like an easy one is, of course, you can always go after your absentee owners. We uh, can see right now in the macro level, Brandon, that things are not affordable for people. The normal consumer, it is not affordable for. Chicken, eggs are literally $10 a dozen. Gas around here in Orlando is about $4 a gallon. I can only imagine some of the other states right now. It's at 3.75 here in Al Out here, uh, buddy. April.
1: It's rough out yeah. here. You don't want to know.
0: Yeah. So you could just see that a lot of things are happening with affordability. So we're also looking at for people that might have adjustable rate mortgages. What's going on with people in pre foreclosure? What's happening with anything that's delinquent, bankruptcies, credit ratings, anything like that? I also like to be able to target like the older demographic that might at this point now not need their house that they grew that family in.
1: I gotcha. Cool. So let's talk about learning curves for a second. Anything Mm -hmm. over the years that really stands out to you? Because your main goal is to flip these properties pretty quick. I'm sure you've taken down a couple. Are you keeping any rental portfolio right now? You've done a couple fix and flips, correct?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I would say I flip about two or three properties a year. And honestly, I will tell you, I don't have an interior designer eye. I really don't. That's why I like rentals. I, I have 10 rentals right now. And we're looking to expand a lot more of that into this year. But the fix and flip ones, I'm usually going to be pretty selective. I'm going to pick ones that you don't really need a crazy interior designer eye for. Maybe ones that just, you just need to upgrade the flooring. Maybe you just have to do some of the basic stuff. Your roofing, your AC, stuff that has nothing to do with interior designer eye, right? So I'll pick about two or three of those. But primarily, I like rentals more than I like
1: flips. you both, buddy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I think... Anybody else that feels that same way when it comes down to, hey, I don't have the eye for it. You know, my lady doesn't either. Like, we're just not that type of person. That's mm-hmm. totally okay. And you might feel trapped, like, well, God, now I have to reach out to and pay top dollar 10, 20,000 to an interior design person to give me their opinion on what to do and make it amazing. um Sometimes I just, as we're doing things fast and turning, sometimes I just rely on the contractor. Like if the contractor is really good and they're utilizing a lot of other, you know, investors in the area constantly doing things, then they know what is common and what's popular right now and where it's kind of trending towards. So I'll just say, what do you think right now is going to look great? What did you do in the last investor's property that's doing amazing? Like, what do you think and give me your opinion and they'll always give it to me. And then, you know, typically just go with that. So. Sometimes you can just rely on a good contractor, which is just another player to your team. That's so crucial. It's so important to make sure that you succeed.
0: My last flip was a virtual flip. So West Palm Beach is about two hours, maybe two and a half hours away from where I am here in Orlando. And I have a couple of properties in an area called Fort Pierce, which is just north of West Palm Beach. And the same Property management company also has a GC arm. He also is somebody who owns properties himself. So when I was interviewing GCs, we had the hurricanes that hit the Southwest Florida, right? So that was Ian at the time when I was buying this property and I had a GC already set, ready to go. And he was just like, sorry, Dave, like I got to go storm chase. That's what we call it here in Florida. storm chasers, right? Because what happened in the southwest of Florida, I mean, it looks like, you know, a nuclear bomb hit it, right? And with sure. all that, they're going to need a lot of insurance money to help that out. And that's better money than what I'm paying. I can guarantee that, right? Yeah. So I went back to my property manager and I was like, hey, show me a couple of properties that you've done. I know you always mentioned that you're doing flips. Show me a couple of properties they you did. And he's like, hey, here's my one I did in Fort Pierce where he managed one. Here's another one I did in Port St. Lucie, and another one that we did in West Palm just like a couple of uh, weeks ago. So I was like, okay, cool. He has a little bit more of a modern eye than I do. I'm a little bit more on the contemporary side. He had a little bit more of a modern side, but it's South Florida. He knows that market a little bit better than I do nowadays. Right? So I went with him and leaned in and he, he got it right, man, because we got three offers within five days of this property being listed. And I was scared to death. When this property was going up, because it was just when things were going 6.5, 6.8. So you saw it going back up on the interest rates, and then as we're getting closer to closing, it actually went over seven. But luckily enough, the buyers already locked in their rate at like the 6.5, so it wasn't as bad for them. But I was scared to death. We didn't know what was going to happen.
1: Yeah. Is there any other learning curves that you've experienced over time that you could tell somebody just getting started? Yeah
0: everything everything has a learning curve because we don't know this right you're going yeah. in and you're learning thankfully enough i've been once again i can never say i did this journey alone right i had coaches i had mentors i had people in my local community i would reach out to but one of the things that probably i would say that took a little bit longer but then once i got it i really started getting it It was kind of like when neo sees the matrix kind of stuff it was creative financing actually I had two different courses. I had two different coaches. The one coach, I, I felt like he was more focused on rent to own strategies. So that was primarily his exit option a lot of them. Then I'm also in part of like Pace Morby's sub two group. And I just suddenly started clicking. And then I was like, I see how we do this now. And then that was really a great way to, to get stuff going.
1: Talk oh, to me about the triple offer wholesaling. Like what the heck is that? And What does that look like for somebody that, you know, doesn't know that that approach yet?
0: Yeah, it's it's and and I'm not going to say I reinvented the wheel here, man. There's plenty of other people that have pretty similar approaches. I just I guess I could say that I coined the term and then I've made it a little bit easier for people to be able to do it because I realized really quickly, you can't just only be a one trick pony in wholesaling. If you only provide a cash offer and that cash offer doesn't work for this person, but they have motivation what do you do? Right? Mm-hmm. You're like, well, I need to have 50 cents on the dollar. And they're like, well, my house isn't in 50 cents on the dollar shape. You need to come up. And I'm like, well, that's the only thing I could provide. Okay. Bye. And there you go. You lost the lead that, that was motivated. Now we're in a situation where it doesn't matter on that 50 cents, 60 cents, 80 cents, hundred cents, you know, a full dollar. It's really like, all right, well, if we're at this Point, like if we're, if we're paying you retail value, you know, Mr. Seller, are you willing to give me these terms? Right? And in that exchange, we've been able to now see that people are more open than you would believe if you can explain it easy enough for them to doing something creative.
1: So you definitely want to, you know, there's a big difference between price and terms. And if somebody's stuck on the right. price and they can't come down from then, then that is okay. You can get creative, and it's almost better to work out terms. It's way more favorable. However, yeah. it really comes down to how you position it and how you educate that other person, because many people just do not understand, and it's not a traditional method, right? The traditional right. method is cash or going through a bank. If you can teach them how to become the bank, how to get creative, how to delay financing, how to, you know, all these different methods, then it can really set you up for more success and make it an even better, stronger win-win. Like they can get paid out Absolutely. more in the end. So, okay. And so that,
0: Going in on that one, Brandon, why some of my favorite ones like absentee owners are usually yeah. investors. Investors sure. understand the concept of cash flow. It's that easy, right? So that's why I usually like to incorporate those into my list because those are the people I can talk to. Well, you're right, sir. Your property is in damn good shape, but you don't want to be a landlord anymore. How about you now get paid and you don't have to be a landlord anymore? Well, how do I do that? Well, now, sir, you just become the bank of 123 Main Street. Now you don't have to deal with these people tearing it up. You're not having to qualify them. You're not having to be able to go over there if they you know stuff a Barbie down the toilet and it floods it, like that is all my problem now. You are now just the bank that says, "Where's my money at the beginning of the month?"
1: Yeah, that's good. so is there a third option for that versus so price yeah, and then terms, and then what what's the third option
0: so so actually, the terms are typically the third, right? I like to scale it from like my wholesale cash price being like, well, once again, 50 to 60 cents on the dollar, we have something called our steering wheel offer within the program. That one is typically gonna be something that's like a novation style agreement or, or it's seen, well, where are they at on that mortgage? Maybe we could create something a little bit more on a subject too, because the real goal is finding out where they're at on that mortgage. And if we can consider something principal only seller financing, right? That is what we call the holy grail. I just sent out an agreement for that. And I mean, when you get those accepted, man, that's like hitting blackjack three times in a row.
1: Go go deeper with me on that. You know, break down what that looks like, maybe even for that particular deal so we can get a better understanding. Absolutely.
0: So this property is over in Ocala. That's about an hour, 15 minutes north of here in Orlando. And Ocala is growing in a really crazy rate. The thing is, though, because of that, people understand now, hey, man, my property is worth this now. When I first bought it, it was like 80000 Now they're like, well, in the two hundreds, right? So with this particular property, the person's been able to do a lot of renovations to the property while they owned it. They're kind of like house actors. They're people that live in a house for two, three, maybe four years, and then they reap the benefits. They get that tax-free income because they live in it. It's a homesteaded property, and then they move on. Right. What was very critical for these people is that you have to understand what their motivation is. Right. These people were more of the mindset of I want to go travel. We got an RV, we're we got the airstream ready to go. Right. So in that conversation I'm having with them, Brandon, I'm like, well, does it make sense for you to get paid on a monthly basis now for this property? And I mean, heck, I'll be I'll give you some money up front. That's not a problem. But and then they go, Well, don't I now have to pay taxes? And so this is when having a really good team is so critical, right? Me and my CPA, not around tax time, because he's busy with everybody else. But my CPA, I'm like, hey, I have this coming up. This guy wants to sell this. He's really open to seller financing. How do I structure this? So this is really good information for your audience, right? If these people stole this tomorrow, as I mentioned, they don't have to pay those capital gain taxes because they lived in it, right? But- if you do seller financing with them and add interest, they now have to pay the taxes on the interest. Interest only, right? So what I was able to create because he was originally asking two hundred sixty thousand for the property, correct? And there's one other comp that's a little bit higher, but it was in nicer shape. And I asked him, well. What if I if I was buying it at a higher price and we did principal only? So now you don't have to pay the taxes because there's no interest on it. I'm technically just buying it at a higher price. And he goes, Well, that could work. And I was so like, you oh, basically
1: perfect. you basically wrap in whatever type of interest they would have made in, in the long run just into the overall total amount. So now he doesn't have to pay any of those fees, right? Any of that interest. It's just right. part of the purchase price now.
0: Right. And when I looked at the interest, what he would make because he was cool with doing a 10-year balloon. So at a, for the audience that doesn't know what a balloon is, when everything comes due, right? You expedite it, you know, typically to whatever the sellers willing to do. But like at the end of the day, you have, to, you have to either get cashed out, refied out, or like they have an opportunity to probably do a foreclosure on you, right? So you have to pay in full at that balloon popping, right? So he was cool with doing 10 years. So what me and my CPA did is we sat down and we were like, he was cool at 4%, but he doesn't want to pay the taxes, right? So when we looked at what the interest would that he was going to gain was like roughly like $37,000 on the interest, right? Over 10 years. Over 10 years. But what we did was, well, what if we just make it a $20,000 higher, right? So he's still getting a lot more money, but we're also saving money. And he was, the seller was cool with it. And CPA is like, well, he's not going to pay the tax. So he would be in a good spot. So he would be about the same, or maybe he would make a little bit less, but it wouldn't be by a great amount. So that's how we came up with that solution to do that, right?
1: Good. And then, so basically, are you giving him monthly payments now still or no? So we just sent it
0: over. So this isn't quite under contract just yet, but I've been talking with this, gentlemen now for a month. When it comes to creative financing, a lot of people need to understand that your deal is not done at closing, right? Your deal is just beginning at closing. I now am responsible to pay this person on a monthly basis for 120 payments, which is 10 years, right? That guy has to have a lot of faith and trust in me when it comes to agreeing to that, right? So what we're doing with the triple offer is we are making sure that you know, and just call this just being dumb and just what you don't know, you don't know. I used to rush through my phone calls, get offers out in 13 minutes or 15 minutes. And I now make sure if I'm on the phone call with that person for 60 minutes, I am in a really good spot. I am now making an impression, right? You're not making an impression in 10 minutes. Or you can, but it's going to be very difficult, right? So So multiple conversations with these sellers.
1: Yeah. So right now with this particular deal, once he accepts mm-hmm. it, it's going to be a lump sum down, and then afterwards it's going to be a monthly payment for that ten year period, right? With the option to pay it off anytime in between. Precisely. Cool. Love it. And then, what are your goals going to be with that property in particular?
0: So I like being able to structure everything to have multiple options, right? Yep. If I want to, if I wanted to be able to resell it, I know I can make some good money because I just structured a heck of a good deal. If Mm -hmm. I want to be able to keep it myself, I would probably look at, I already looked at what we would be paying on a monthly basis. It was like, if we did this, this route of principal only, he'd be getting paid about $900 principal and quote unquote interest. You know, there's, there's 0% there, but PI is at 875. And then taxes and insurance. When I put that into a factor, I was at about roughly 1250, you know, give or take whatever the insurance might uh, inflate and whatever, when we buy it, what the taxes would adjust to. So we saw that. We see that the market rent is $2,000 for a four bedroom, two bath, two car garage here in Ocala, right where this property is located. So I immediately have a long term renter cash flow play if I want it. Nice. What a lot of people need to understand too places like Ocala that are growing rapidly. If you know anything about that world of, uh, of being an equestrian, like they just built like a humongous complex out there, right? So I also understand now, maybe there's a short-term rental play here. Maybe there's a play for people that want to stay and be able to train their horses over a longer period of time. So now there's probably other options to do it that way. Or of course, you can just go a rent-to-own situation. So I like to be able to structure where I can have as many options possible once it's under agreement.
1: And I think a key part behind this is obviously have like do the rough due diligence of like all the different things that you can do and and know these things like inside and out in your heart that Mm -hmm. you'll be able to adjust when those things come up. However, like you always want to have multiple backup plans, right? It's a powerful position that, you know, you have options. However, you know, until the deal is in contract right now, you're just submitting this offer. You're building the rapport, you're building the relationship you know that there's opportunities right in front of you. You're not ignorant to that, right? So mm-hmm. so because you have multiple options, you don't need to do a ton of like work or picking any of those options right now until the contract is signed, until you take it to closing, until you get closer and closer to like hey, this is a reality now. Let's actually start, you know, because a lot of things will fall out of contract or it, it won't right, make right. it to even contract itself. But people are getting a little too analytical and trying to have everything perfect, having an exact backup plan, the strategy, they're going to use everything up front when, in my opinion, it's really not necessary and needed until you get more confirmation of a higher percentage of this thing actually is going to close and we're going to take it down.
0: Yeah. And in that exact same thought brain, I I agree with you. That's why my baseline is always what's the long term rent look like here? And then from there, I'll expand out. Like, okay, what is, what if I did anything like short term rental? What does that look like after? But as long as I know my basis will always be covered by a long term renter, everything is good. You know, that's my baseline because I know no matter what, if I have to go rent this out tomorrow, I will be able to still cash flow positively. And all the other stuff is what we call cherry on top stuff.
1: And for you, that is perfect because that is your end goal to get more of a portfolio and more cash flow monthly. Plus, you know if it works for you on that aspect, it's going to work for other investors. So that there you go. that gives you other opportunities to, hey, if you don't like it, then cool. It still works for somebody else. And I can wholesale it. I can sell it to them. I can do creative financing with them to really be able to make this a great win-win. So that is the power by knowing your your baseline and what's going to help go towards your goals. And then you know if it fits within that box, it's going to fit within multiple others. That's perfect. I love that. Mm -hmm. Cool, man. Well, this is great. I feel like this is super valuable. It's incredible information for anybody looking to get started in wholesaling. How can people get a hold of you? And any final words that you want to give to the audience?
0: Yeah. Before I even promote anything else, man. Willing to fail. Be okay with it. And we're, we're struck in a society where it's very difficult to accept that concept. And, and even sometimes I'll get grabbed. I'll be, I'll be just gripped by that, that notion of, okay, like, am I okay with it? If this goes sideways and it, and and more times than not, once you come to the reality that you can't control everything and things are going to fall apart, it, what I've come to realize the people that are the most successful were probably the biggest failures at one point. And then it clicked, but you have to be willing to put in that time to fail, to understand how something goes right. You can also, of course, shorten a lot of learning curves, right? Coaches, mentors, courses, but at the end of the day, you got to try it out for yourself and see where you have a little bit more solid ground or, oh crap, I fell through. Let me regain my balance and keep on walking, right? So don't be afraid to fail. And then if you have a really great desire to be able to do this, you know, take action, man. Nothing with a coach, nothing with a course means anything if you're not putting it into play, right? So take action, be okay with that. And it's just amazing if you're taking consistent action, how quickly that you can just look up and see how much your life has changed in such a quick time. If you're just willing to
1: take that action with it. That's so good. Yeah, I don't want to discourage anybody by any means, but business Mm -hmm. is hard like business yeah. is really friggin' hard. And there's going to be certain days that you're just like, man, enough is enough. Or like, this is a tough season or whatever. It's not all sunshine and rainbows. It can definitely no, be very rewarding and tremendously beneficial in many ways, but there's going to be tough days that you're just taking a punch to the face way too many times. And you're, and yeah. you're like, y- you feel down and out, but that's, it's part of life. It's part of the process. And it will be in the long run very very rewarding and satisfying and the impact that you make can be tremendous so it's not just you that you're you're benefiting not just your family but and the team members that help support you to grow because there's no i in team you know Absolutely it, it really not. comes down to all the people that you're building up as other leaders and then the impact the ripple effect in their families and and so much more of of the people that you come across so I wouldn't change it for the world, but man, I'm in a tough season right now that I'm just like, God, business is like, tough. Like I can't, yeah, I man. can't describe that enough to people. And, um, yeah, yeah. But it's, it's, it's well worth it. It's that
0: old phrase, uh, that Mike Tyson said, right? Everybody's got a plan. until you get punched in the face, right? Yeah. yeah. But what do you do after that punch? What do you do after that punch is it, yep. completely up to you, right? Cause yeah, there's, you know, when, when I went from an in-person team to a fully virtual team, and I think there's now going to be a bit of a hybrid for my team. I think, I think I realized that I like my people, my, my closures being a little bit more in-house as opposed to I've been able to teach really well for virtual, but I got a proof of concept there. I was able to teach people in Venezuela how to close deals. And you tell me I can't teach somebody like that here in America now. Of course I can. I just taught somebody yeah. whose primary language wasn't English
1: how to do it. Yeah, that's good. Well, how can people get a hold of you?
0: Absolutely. Well, as you can imagine, the the name isn't a very common one. So David Pupo, you can find me on Facebook super easily, YouTube. uh, My handle for like Instagram and TikTok is at dollarswithdavid. Then if you want to learn a little bit more about the course, it's just www.tripleoffer.com. What we're being able to do for your audience, we can be able to give them either the, the triple offer calculator that we use to be able to quickly assess things, or any kind of stuff for overcoming objections when they're first getting started with sellers. And I'm teaching my students this right now, right? You gotta know these objections because you're gonna be starting to play chess instead of checkers. If you get hit by an obstacle and you don't know how to overcome it, you're you're now at you're now at checkers. But if you are able to practice these overcoming objections enough, you're gonna be like, okay, I know where this person's gonna go with this. I already know how to conquer it. And now you're thinking a step ahead. And those kind of Stupid little scripts of overcoming objections are very critical once you memorize them.
1: Very good, I appreciate it. Yeah, guys, reach out to David by all means. If you guys want to get a hold of me, you can do so on Instagram. It's Brandon Elliot Investments. Otherwise, Facebook.com/forward/slash Brandon Elliot Investor. And then, if you're looking to get up to five hundred thousand every six months at zero percent interest, and learn how to be able to do so, travel hack buy real estate with credit cards be able to really flip the script on the banks and get as much funding as you deserve, fixing credit and, and everything in between, business, personal. Then uh, get big stacks of this at 0% interest every six months. Then reach out to creditcounselelite.com. That's www.creditcounselelite.com. We give you a free education, just totally guiding you. We want to make a bigger impact. Uh, So by all means, you can jump on a quick call with us to learn more about what we got going on. Just get a second opinion about your situation and how we can help you get to the next level. And if it's a good fit, then we can work with you sometime in the future. But till next time, guys, we will see you on the next episode. Make sure you hit that subscribe button, leave a review. Love all the support. Appreciate you guys. David, you're the man. We'll talk to you soon. God bless. Thanks, Brandon.
0: This has been another episode of Ready, Set, Go! Real Estate Investing Podcast brought to you by Brandon Elliott. For more information, please visit BrandonElliottInvestments.com. Also, please don't forget to like, share, and leave a comment below. Thanks again for joining. Until next time, God bless.